They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks in a trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud? What's shaking iTunes? It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. You know it, you love it. If you don't know, now you know. Johnny Mita, what's, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm well, Joe. Well, I can't say. Uh, yeah, let's you know. let's try that again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm I'm an angry Eagles fan today. That's who I am. I don't feel so angry today. I don't know if that's because yeah. I didn't expect them to win. If I knew it would be a tough game. If I'm happy that they're one and one, not zero oh and two. I don't know where I'm at. I, I look. I was rattled as as hell yesterday. Shortly thereafter the game, and I kind of calmed down a little bit, which is rare for me. So I don't know that I'm going to have the absolute fire that I normally do following a loss. And again, I don't really know what that is. I certainly haven't grown up at all. This isn't a maturity thing. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to tell you. But hopefully you've got the fire because I don't know if I've got all the fire today. You know, I don't know if I'm oh. Hell's Kitchen. Oh, I'm going to bring the fire like you've never seen the day. <laughs> Believe that. Uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. iTunes, SoundCloud, the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. We appreciate all the love and support, even you Twitter haters. If you do, check us out once in a while. Um, all right, the birds are one in one. We were last with you just prior to opening week uh, when they eventually dispatched the Redskins 30-17, to winning down the nation's capital. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about yesterday's loss to the Chiefs. We'll touch on the Phillies' Reese Hoskins, who continues to set records with his power at the plate. And then we've got our on-the-fly segment as well. But again, appreciate all love and support. Let's jump right into it. Reaction from the first two games, Johnny Mita, from your standpoint, 30-17 to win in D.C., and then yesterday's 27-20 to loss at Arrowhead in Kansas City. After two weeks, people had questions. What, what side of the football was going to be more the strength of this football team? And for me, it has to be the defense. The defensive line played very well, got extreme amount of pressure on Kirk Cousins in week one. Second week, they really battered Alex Smith, but they couldn't get that same type of pressure in the second half. But the one cause for concern on this football team, and it has to be on the offensive side of the ball, and it's got to go to the play calling. And there's a lot of people to blame here, and especially Coach Doug Peterson. If I have to see another wide receiver screen for this football team, I might jump off a bridge, okay? <laughs> wide receiver screens work for one reason, okay? You have to have good blocking by the other wide receivers, and you also need a wide receiver that can make people miss, that has that great lateral movement and agility. And we have big wide receivers. We don't have that Deshaun Jackson type or somebody like an Odell Beckham that can just stop and start on a dime. You have to make the first person miss because it's all defenses, all smart defenders are going to read that 
up right from the start. And my God, you know, the ongoing theme was the run the pass ratio last year. You know, we can't continue to throw the ball 70% of the game. It's just an atrocity. Why did we go out and sign the Garrett Blunt in the offseason? I don't understand. We have a stable back of running backs, but we don't use them. And I get it. I totally get it. If it's not working, but you can't lose sight of it, okay? If people know that you have no desire and no will to run the football, then they're just going to play. They're going to put in more defensive backs. They're just going to let you pass. They know what you're doing. You're becoming too obvious with your play calls, and things have to change. And the other thing is, the running game is the quarterback's best friend, okay? His best friend. You can't drop a guy back 86 times. Okay, in two games. Last year, the poor guy threw the ball so damn much, he had arm fatigue. Doug Peterson, we're going to reevaluate the running game. We're going to get this fixed. Here's one way to get it fixed, okay? Here's what I propose. Number one, Jason Kelsey moves to the bench. You promote Isaac Sayumalo to the center position, and then you bring in Chance Wormack, who they signed in the offseason to play left guard. You get some beef up front, some power road bringers. Kelsey, oh, we just, you know, we love Kelsey on the edge. He's such an athletic guy. But he gets mauled. He gets mauled by everybody. I would love to see how if Carson can throw in a good pocket when his center is not getting mauled over. It's just, it's got to change. And you look at how running back has been an issue for this team. You send me a list that was done by Brandley Gown of Bleeding Green Nation. You can't even, half these running backs aren't even in the league. When they got rid of Rashawn McCoy, it's never been addressed. It could have been addressed in this draft. They took a cornerback, Rasul Douglas, in the third round this year. I didn't mind the pick. People are going to question now the Sidney Jones pick. They could have got a guy like Dalvin Cook. But my God, how do you know you can't run the football if you don't run? Well, that was well said. You weren't kidding about bringing the fire, so I appreciate all of that. In fact, I was smiling pretty much ear to ear for the last three minutes uh, to the point where you would think that I'm not rooting for the Eagles because of how many good points you brought up, and I was just I was taking joy in all of it in some weird, twisted way. Uh, you, you mentioned the list. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to our listeners here on SoundCloud and iTunes. Running backs drafted by the Eagles since 2010 when Howie Roseman was promoted to general manager. Now, again, was he running all those drafts per se? Maybe, maybe not. But since Roseman's been GM, here are the running backs the Eagles have drafted. 2010, Charles Scott, sixth round. I don't, I don't even remember that guy. 2011, Deion Lewis, fifth round. 2012, Bryce Brown, seventh round. Did not draft a running back in 13, 14, or 15. 2016, Wendell Smallwood, fifth round. This past year, Donnell Pumphrey, a fourth-round pick. He's on IR. Hey, you you bring up some great points. You bring up some great points. Uh, Before I jump in with my first two weeks reaction and my biggest concern moving forward, what is your biggest concern moving forward? Is Is it the play calling? It's the play calling, and you're going to get your damn quarterback murdered if you drop him back 40 times a game. And even Zach Ertz brought up, who is soft as tissue paper, he's telling everybody that we have the offensive line, we have the personnel to block and get a run game established. I do give him credit for that, for calling out the coach. But that's not a good sign either when, when one of your best players on the offensive ball is calling out the coaching staff after two weeks. Well, I thought, look, uh, and I'll just piggyback onto that for a minute. I thought Darren Sproles was doing a great job yesterday. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but his numbers oh. were about four plus yards a carry. Yeah, he was four, finding. Eight, ten carries. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. You're right. 
No, you're right. Ten carries for four. What is it? Forty-eight yards. Yeah. You know, if you do the math, that's four point eight yards yeah. to carry. And he you was. Know, he was yeah. he was slicing through some of those holes, right? Those almost counters where he would dart right off the handoff, and then he you know he looks for that hole. That's that's what you pay the running back to do. It's one of those almost read runs where he's got to figure: is it is it between the guard and the tackle? Is it the outside? Is it the te- guard in the center? And he was cutting inside, and he was getting because he runs hard. Now I know the fumble and the pump return is very unlike him, and it, and it gave the Chiefs good field position. They cashed in for three points, but to me. Darren Sproles at times gets lost, and I've been saying for years now, they have to get him the ball more consistently. Now, if you don't want to play LeGarrette Blunt for whatever reason, sure, fine. I don't care. I just don't know why he was so relegated to the pot. He wasn't even in the game at times yesterday. Uh, that, that to me, makes no sense. They didn't even try and run him up the middle and, and you know, just pound it into the line of scrimmage at all. What do you have? One carry that was uh, would have been positive. Yeah. It was negated by a penalty. One carry for no and, and, a, and a catch for no gain. That was it. Yeah, it's it's just I, why do you sign a guy in the offseason if you don't intend on you? Not even that. Not even that. What what was he doing yesterday? At what point what? did you run seventy plays or whatever they ran and nobody said put in twenty nine. Like, how do you not even have a formation? Like, I don't even remember seeing him in there as a decoy. What do they see in Wendell Smallwood either? Because I'll tell you, he's coming up as small as Wood because I don't see anything. Yeah, what do you have? Seven carries for eight yards yesterday? Yeah, and listen, and I know, listen, I know everybody's going to say, well, you know, the run game is not working. Well, here's another reason why it's not working, right? Let's break down the preseason, okay? So when you have the preseason, okay, how many snaps do you think the first-team offense takes in a four-game preseason, right? You figure what they play, two series in game one, maybe a half in the second game, third game, another couple series, fourth game, the entire first-team sits. Okay, so when you break it down, that's probably, what, 50 plays? As far as game action goes, yeah, barely. Like that's yeah. not barely, right? So that's not enough practice to get in there to see what type of run plays work and what don't work. Well, and no, and let's they, not forget during the preseason, what they were running was blunt on like toss sweeps, which oh, isn't yeah, his mo at all. No, he's a north and south runner. Yeah, let's uh, you know do the toss sweep to the two hundred fifty-five pound running back. Wow, that sounds like a novel idea, Doug. He's just lost, man. And I'm sorry. Like, I try to give him the benefit out of the doubt. Some people are like, oh, I don't think his play calling was that bad. But the thing is this, Joe. You look at the course of the game. The thing that's so confusing and, and mind-boggling to me is the fact that, like, Carson Wentz, right? He goes, well, you know, he came out of his press conference. It was the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. He's like, well, when you get in situations where it started in 10, it started in 13. That's because you threw two incompletes on first down and second down. Right. You're not getting yourself manageable down. Yep. Like, let's say he gets three yards to carry. If you get three yards to carry and you run the ball twice, that's third and four. That's a very manageable down. And so many times, Carson went, right, he gets to throw the ball. He bails the team out. It's third and 13. Right. He gets a first down. You know, what do they do? Well, let's hand the ball off and give the kid break. Just give him a little cushion. Now, right back into the passing game. Yeah. It's an extension of the running game. I'm so damn sick of it, Joe. And if this becomes an ongoing team, or an ongoing team, I can't even speak. If this becomes an ongoing theme for this football team, I got news for you. We're going to get shellacked. Well, listen, it was an ongoing theme last year. I mean, look at their ratio. This isn't just oh, a right. two-week thing. This is this is Doug Peterson's MO. It's an extension. If you want to use the word extension, it's an extension right. of Fat Andy. I mean, Andy yeah. Reid for years frustrated the fan base 
by not wanting to commit to the run, even though he had Westbrook back there, at times Deuce Staley, you know, go right on down the list of running backs. They had some obviously better than others, but that's just, that is that is taking Mike Holmgren's offense, uh, you know, and, and um, uh, Bill Walsh's offense, you know, the yeah, West, Coast, West Coast, you know, yeah. it's, it's over 20 years of the West Coast offense emerging and changing and evolving. You end up with this which is pass-happy, pass-happy, pass-happy because you can get different – you get four wide receivers out there and you get misdirection and you get this and that. At the end of the day, you line up and you want to smash the other team in the face. That's what football is about. You know, that's yeah. the thing that's yeah. always bothered me is that the Eagles have historically over the years gotten away from that. You know, yeah, well, at the I mean- end of the day, at the end of four quarters, if you have owned the other team – in the trenches, as they say, at the line of scrimmage, and you have won that battle on both sides of the ball, you win more often than not in the NFL. Turnovers and the line of scrimmage. You do those two yeah. things well, you're going to win 70% of your games. Plain and simple. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is, too, you, you got to get your offensive line in a rhythm. Do you yes. think they want to sit back there and pass for Tech 70 to 80% of the game? They can't get in a rhythm. They can't get up and hit somebody. They right. can't get a good feel for the football game. Right. The other thing I'm going to take note of is, too, is the, the routes that they call for these wide receivers. Like, all these balls that, like, Seth Warner brought up a great point on Post Game Live the other day. Like, they just were running balls that Corey Smith should have ran were the ones that Alshon Jeffrey should have had. The route, like, they never sent Torrey Smith deep down the field when they're missing Eric Gary. It just, it was very confusing, the route tree that some of these receivers were running. Yeah, I thought, honestly, just, I thought yesterday was going to be a lot of deep balls because of no Eric Berry. I thought that's the thing. Exactly. You, you go after him early. You go no take your shot early. You take that, that that new safety that's in there, and you give him a welcome to the NFL moment on the yeah. first or second series. Yeah, yeah. You know? There was some, yeah. There was that one non-pass interference call that was just the most egregious thing I've ever seen. But anyway. All right. So real whatever. quick, my my my, yep. my reaction to the sure. first two games. So you get the thirty to seventeen win down in DC. You you said a couple weeks ago you wanted that return to that Jim Johnson type defense. I I feel like we have seen that through two weeks. Now, yesterday a little bit of a pass. Because when Corey Graham's on the field and Rasul Douglas is on the field and they're on the field for 50-plus snaps, like, you're playing with fire. That's a game, let's be quite honest about it, it was hard enough to win at full capacity and without the mistakes, you start getting guys dinged up and leaving the game, your starters, and you're turning the football over, and you're missing on big plays. Like, honestly, you don't have a prayer. And so for the Eagles to even be in the game late says something about their talent that maybe most people around the league undervalue them a bit. Uh, in D.C., though, you know, they delivered. Three points allowed in the second half, four sacks of Kirk Cousins who had owned the Eagles, Nelson Aguilar off the witness protection program. I'll move on. Yesterday, 14 fourth quarter points allowed. All right, I know some were short fields, but obviously the defense just didn't have it late because of those injuries. You got Zach Ertz, five for 97. But for God's sake, can he find his way into the end zone? Please. Like that tip ball. The tip ball. He's got to get in. He's got to get in. He's got to outrun that guy. You know, Torrey Smith was about a mere second away from throwing that block, and he's probably in the end zone. That's a momentum-shifting, game-changing play. Plus, Jake Elliott misses a field goal. I mean, it's not often the Eagles get out-special teamed. They were out-special teamed yesterday. Sproles fumble. Great point. You had the Great mi- point. You had the missed, Great point. the missed tackle on the one kickoff where they were they would have been pinned at their 10-yard line, and the guy got out to the 30. Great point. No, you're right. Special teams. And then you have the, the, the missed kick. Abused. 
Right. Yep. You got a fumble, a missed tackle, and a missed kick. That's three huge special teams plays. Um, and, and that doesn't happen to this football team a lot. Carson Wentz, again, 300-plus no. yards yesterday. But the interception, you know, every game yeah. he's 2-1. and one. You know, last year yep. it finished the year 16-14, and 14, 16 touchdowns, 14 picks. He's got to clean that up. And I was surprised yesterday on the broadcast they mentioned how many fumbles he's had. I didn't realize yeah. that because he gets yeah, most of them let- back. Right, right, yeah, ball security in the pocket. Yeah, and there's times where he just needs to just get, get rid, rid of, of the it. football. Yes. Just eat it and live to play another he's still so point. He's still so anxious. He's still so eager. He wants to make plays. And here's what I've noticed. In big moments or, uh, you know, late in games, a drive to try and tie it, uh, he gets jittery. He gets happy feet. He's so excited back there because he loves the game and he wants to be the guy that he loses his mechanics. I know now having heard the press conference, that that interception off the helmet that changed the game in the fourth quarter, that was supposed to be a throwaway. The screen was blown up. He was trying to throw it away. But how did he throw it away? Watch the replay. He's on his back foot. He's jumping, and he's, like, spiking it. Like, terrible mechanics. Turn, sail that thing out of field, uh, out of play. I mean, he or, or like McNabb th- used to throw that perfect yeah, work. Just, yeah, just spike that damn thing. Um, but again, he's he's running for his life back there, so I don't blame him for being a little bit jittery. Maybe taking off more with his feet earlier in games would would back these defenses off a bit. Maybe running the football more, like we talked about. Uh, I was watching, you know, on Twitter. I don't know if you got to find Brian Baldinger on Twitter. All right, tweets out there, SoundCloud, iTunes, Brian Baldinger on Twitter. He will he breaks down film for you in little thirty second clips. You can watch him. He talks over the tape. He was all over Sayamalo getting abused yesterday and how the Eagles gave him no help. The Chiefs lined up three guys essentially on the position outside of Sayamalo, so like over the tackle and almost a triangle, leaving Sayamalo just looking at nobody off the snap. And it allowed D Ford then to get speed and space on him. And working in space is not Sayamalo's game. It's, it's pretty clear he doesn't have the athleticism. So maybe you're right. Maybe a move to center for him where he just snaps the ball and goes forward is a little bit better. Jason Kelsey was atrocious yesterday. Atrocious. He wasn't chip blocking. He wasn't support. There were times Sayamalo got, got beat, and you watch the replay, Kelsey's turning around looking around like, oh, well, maybe I should have chipped in over there. So that was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. I was kind of shocked by all that. Things, things have to change. And you know what? Maybe Doug Peterson has to give up the reins when it comes to play calling. You think? You know? Yeah. I mean, what he's doing right now doesn't seem like a good mix to me. I don't know. I I, I hear you, but I, I just don't know that he – I don't know that he has the self-reflection to pull that off. You know? I, I just don't see that in him. I brought this up on a different radio program earlier today. How many, how many head coaches that call their own plays are successful out of 32 teams in the NFL? Now, not all of them call their own plays. Andy Reid, he's a guy who calls his own plays. Mike McCarthy, you know, Belichick, does he call his own plays or is it more Josh McDaniels? I mean, there might be four to six guys, and they're all successful head coaches. When a guy is this green and has never been in this position, I think maybe he should, you know, ease up on that area. But I who am I? All right, my, I'm just an my angry fan. Last thing for me, my sure, biggest concern, sure. my biggest concern moving forward. Is, yeah. the, is the health of the secondary. You could talk about the running game, the line, the play calling. This team, as we saw in week one, you know, they, they can defend. They can get after the quarterback. And with Darby in the lineup, you know, albeit for a short period in week one, they look like they can 
be the defense we were hoping they would be. So the secondary health for me, the biggest concern moving forward. McLeod's got to get back. When I'm longing for the days of Jalen Watkins being healthy, you know things are rough. But when Corey Graham's on the field and Rasul Douglas is on the field, Lord help us. Lord help us. So uh, secondary's got to get healthy. And Sidney Jones has got to play some football, hopefully meaningful uh, meaningful football come December. All right, I want to give out some letter grades here. All right. Go for it. Letter grades for the following. Poopy Peterson, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and Carson Wentz. I'm going to kick it off here. Poopy Peterson, I'm giving him a D, as in dog. The only positive for me through two weeks from the Philadelphia Eagles head coach is that the players seem to like him. Now, I didn't hear the Ertz comments you referenced earlier, but the players seem to like him. They seem to respect him because he's a quote-unquote player's coach, more so than his predecessor, Chip Kelly. That's about the only thing he's got going for him through two weeks, in my estimation. You? F. He gets an F. Wow. An F for forgettable play calling. Anyway. <laughs> Forgotten running game. All right, Alshon yeah. Jeffrey. I'm giving him a B-. minus. He had a good fantasy football day yesterday, aided by some garbage catches down the stretch. Obviously, the touchdown was a big play in that football game. But I'd like to see him extend the field a little bit. Where are the deep balls, the jump balls we thought we were going to see from number 17? So Alshon Jeffrey, a B- minus through two weeks. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right in that area. I like that. Zach Ertz, I'm giving him a B, as in above average. Yards after the catch, for the love of God, get in the end zone. Get in the end zone. I'm telling you, that tip play at the end of the half, he catches that ball. There's there's one guy diving for him. If he gets past him, he's got a guy trying to angle him off. He could have cut back. He's 10 yards from the end zone, basically. I'll give him a C plus. He's caught the football. He's got some yards. He's a great safety outlet for Carson Wentz. I agree. But I, 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 but I don't know if you remember this play yesterday, and I brought this up to a couple of people that I was watching the game with. There is a ball that gets tipped, right? And it was headed towards him. The ball goes tipped up in the air. And instead of for him trying to go after the ball, he bails out because he thought he was going to get the crap knocked at him. No. If you see it, man, this is a guy that doesn't like contact. And when you're playing tight end in the National Football League, you got to man up. And there was a play last year when he could have decleated Vontez perfect, but he didn't choose to do so because he was a little weak. So yeah. he, he's got to get a little more physical, man. Let's not forget that in, in week one, Torrey Smith didn't jump on a fumble. He looked pretty disinterested. He didn't know that that ball was uh, yeah. again. And, 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 and Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Kelsey, not falling on that first fumble yesterday. Thank goodness it rolled right to Lane Johnson because Kelsey looked like he didn't want any piece of jumping on that ball either. So that that's, that's a concern. Uh, and last but not least, the Ginger General, the Wentz wagon, Carson Wentz. I'm going to give him a B minus. Two tough road okay. games. Two tough road games. Come out one and one. I'll take that. But the ball security, and as I talked about, sometimes seemingly losing his mechanics. Look, I'm not off the Wentz wagon. I understand it's you know going to be his 19th start this weekend against the Giants. That's not a lot. I get that. And I, and I love the poise he plays with at times. I love his passion. I love his accuracy at times. And I know he's going to grow. I have full confidence he will be the guy we expect him to be. But there's still a long way to go. He's got to start protecting the football better. I think he's got to use his legs more. And at some point, he's got to win one of these road games when it's late and and it's a tight game down the stretch. We need that play. We need a play, and we haven't had it uh, the last you know few weeks. Going back in really the the end of last season from an Eagles uh, standpoint. I'll have to. Uh, you're giving him a B minus. It's kind of rain the air he was. I'm going to give him a B. 
There's uh, times where he just needs to live another down and just get rid of the football. Yes. If no one's open, just don't take the sack. Just get rid of the football. Uh, the other thing that he needs, you're right, his mechanics does get a little shaky once he's under the heat. Once he's under the fire, I'd like to see him improve. But I think my biggest gripe with him is, man, he's really got to work on throwing that deep ball because there was times like in that game he had Torrey Smith against Washington. He kind of, the fir- first time he underthrew Torrey Smith, second time he gave it everything that he had, and then he overthrew him by about five yards. So love to see him improve on, you know, a ball that's over 40 to 50 yards. I would love to see that. I think if he can do that, and hey, let's get another opportunity to throw the football down the field, you know? I'd like to see that as well because in-, in this league, it's it's, you know, it favors the wide receivers, okay? Yes. The game, the way the rules are tailored today, take a shot. Who knows? You, you're going to get an offense. I mean, you're going to get a pass interference call, but, you know, so. And let's I, not forget things, that right? at the end of the day, the, the, most of these games, and yesterday's a prime example, will come down to three or four plays. And in yep. the case of the Throw Eagles down. yesterday, those three or four extra big plays went the way of the Chiefs, whether it's the missed Throw field down. goal whether it was the turnover, whether it was the Ertz, uh, you know, catching that ball or and not being able to get in, whether it's a missed sack by Vinny Curry. I mean, those are plays at the end of the day you go, oh, if we just had that one. And that was a difference yesterday. By the way, real quick, real quick, Johnny, what would you make of the, the onside kick and Trey Burton falling on the fall? I thought he was going to catch that thing out of midair and be gone. It was an unbelievable play, and hey, great kick by you know the kicker that just got signed this week. That's the type of bounce you look for yeah. on an onside kick. And then they, I mean, it was perfect field position enough to get the ball in the end zone and one hail mary. God, you just wish Alshon Jeffrey would have high pointed that ball a little better. There was some contact; it was kind of hard for him to get up with all those people yeah. around. But um, and they had a shot at. It. But you look at that story that came yesterday. You know, turnovers. If you turn the football over and give the other team some short fields it's definitely going to cost you and we all you know one of the things i that i brought up was you know the jason kelsey matchup or um, not jason travis kelsey you know he's a really good tight end and you know this team kind of struggles when the other team has a really good tight end especially a pass catching tight end all right let's shift gears 30 seconds reese hoskins mashing the ball for the philadelphia phillies setting all kinds of records it's been unbelievable it's almost to me like when a tree if a tree falls in the forest dot 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 because nobody cares yeah. about the Phillies right now, at least on a yeah. national stage. Are people talking about this locally? Um, and, and just how impre- it's been impressive from afar. Listen, people, let's, I'll give you 30 seconds. People are tuning back into the Phillies right now because the future looks bright. They got some kids that they've called up, but Reese Hoskins, man, the ball is just leaving the yard at yeah. a prolific rate. And the greatest thing is he plays all his home games at Citizens Bank Park, so that's great to see. They're going to have to think about what they're going to do in the offseason, get rid of Tommy Joseph, see if you can pluck another play. they got to get some pitching. But what this kid's doing too, Joe, is his discipline at the plate is something. Whereas, you know, when people, it'll be interesting and see what he does in year two because then pitchers kind of get an M.O. on you. But this kid looks like he has the discipline, so it's just not going to matter. He he looks like he's going to be a great major league slugger, and hey, it's a great sign to see because we all know that the power corner at third base is not looking too hot. So if we have somebody at first base that we can rely on, the future is bright for the Phillies. On the fly. Ready? Yeah. Speaking of baseball, Dodgers are in town. Saw this question on Twitter. Is Chase Utley a Hall of Famer? Uh, it's funny that came up during the broadcast. I think his numbers kind of put him in the conversation, but I think he will come up short. I think that year and a half basically lost injuries a difference, to be quite honest. No, right. you could be right. Ready for yours. Yep. 
on the fly. Okay, once Doug Peterson gets fired, who becomes the new coach for the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, you know, your boy Jimmy Schwartz is posturing for it, but I, I don't I don't like that move at all. Uh, I'll tell yeah. you who looks like he's working out pretty well is Denver's Vance Joseph, former secondary coach of the Texans when I was down in Houston a number of years ago. Um, boy, who becomes the next head coach? Yeah, I think you got to go coordinator for a team that's rolling. You know, I think that's that's kind yeah. of the hate to say the token move or the or the classic yeah. move, but that's somebody you got to look at. You got to look to see who who has been rolling the last three, four, five little, years. Who's a good offensive mind? Who could work with Carson Wentz? Maybe it's your boy Jim John DeFlippo. Maybe Jim Bob Cooter from maybe, Detroit. <laughs> maybe it's your boy John DeFlippo. Yeah, who knows? You know, Jeffrey yeah. Laurie didn't let him leave for a reason. But uh, yeah. I give it about, look, well, the sure. next three or four games for the Eagles, I don't want to say they look winnable, but they're certainly a little bit more favorable than two weeks on the road in the division against a team you struggle against, the next, and then the Chiefs. Yeah, the next three games. This, yeah, this could be, games. you clean up a few things and run the ball a little bit better and, and try not to sustain any more catastrophic injuries. This could yeah. be a 5 and one team down the yeah. line. And, and then we're, we're forgetting about a loss in Kansas City that was a tough one to swallow. Now, all of that said, I'll be the first guy to run Doug Peterson out of town. I'll drive Poopy and his bags to the airport anytime you want. You just let me know when. All right, you got it. All right, brother, great show as always. Good luck in your hockey game tonight, my man. Oh, yeah, men's league wizard in the house. <laughs> yes. Dangles, dangles. Uh, right, Johnny, me, good job bringing video. the fire, man. You bringing the fire woke right, me up a little bit. Good stuff. All right, all right, brother. You iTunes, SoundCloud, PC Weiss. Hammer the Giants on Sunday, 42-6, to Eagles. There you go. Till next time, we'll see you. It's the Brother Love Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. 